Hello everyone and welcome to Friends to the End, your one-stop shop for all things Friends in which we sit down and watch an episode of Friends every week all the way through from episode 1, season 1, all the way through 10 years, all those 236 episodes still still feels like we've got an awful long way to go. I'm Michael Clancy and I am joined with me as always by my drinking buddy Elizabeth Lovely. What's up Lovely? Not much. Yeah, we've just finished watching episode four of season one of Friends, which is the fourth episode, obviously aired way back on October 13th on NBC 1994. The episode entitled The One with George Stephanopoulos, which when we finished our last episode, we were questioning, who is George Stephanopoulos? Is this show going to be very, very dated by a, a, a very 1994 reference? And turns out we were kind of right. I didn't even know it was a real person. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean I was, I'm just a, a Johnny Foreigner. I shouldn't know all of the ins and outs of the, the White House advisors from the last couple of decades. But that's, that's not something you learn in school. No. Do uh. you know who that was? Well, they explained it a little bit. They said he was like Bill Clinton. Anyway, we're jumping ahead. We'll get to that all in good time. Just who George Stephanopoulos was and what impact he plays in the life of our our six friends. And I, <laughs> they are, they are. I feel like with every passing week, they're becoming more and more our friends. Oh, Elizabeth. you do. Obviously, not Phoebe for me. I don't think I'll oh. ever. I don't think I'll ever warm to that woman. Says the man who laughed at a couple of her jokes in this episode. One, one. Mm. She had your favorite joke uh, or your line of the show, but again, we'll we'll get to that. As always, we'll begin with the the pre-credit ramble, and again, just like it's been in the previous episodes, it's kind of your typical friends just kind of sitting about, just kind of shooting the shit, talking about everything and nothing, all of those irrelevant conversations that you have. This one, it was talking about if if you were omnipotent for a day. What would you do? You know, if you had godlike powers for a day, what would you do? And uh, I think Phoebe was answering about how, you know, she would solve world hunger and she would, you know, make world peace. And then I think she also asked for, like, bigger boobs or something like that. And that Naturally. Got, that got a little laugh. And then, then old Joey comes in halfway through the conversation. He doesn't quite understand what they're talking about. He, he <laughs> The big joke of it. Did you pick up on the joke? Yes, I did. He, he, he thought they were talking about being... Sword. <laughs> Not omnipotent. Uh, impotent. Impotent. He thought that they were saying impotent, and mm-hmm. his answer was, "Oh, God, I'd probably kill myself if I was impotent." And then we. <laughs> so stupid. I don't know why I'm recounting this like it's funny. I know. But <laughs> Ross is like, "No, jo- no joy, omnipotent." And Joey goes, "You are all oh, Ross. I'm so sorry." Uh, and that, and that kind of brings us into the opening credits. That's a. Uh, you know, Joey is one of the characters who hasn't quite had a, a proper storyline yet, but we're we're getting to learn a little bit more about him. He's not the not the brightest bulb in the bulb box, is he? No, he's not. Mm-mm. You know, we were talking last time about starting our friends drinking game, and I think now we're adding every time Joey does something dumb, that's going to be one drink. Oh boy, so we're going to be wasted. Yeah, we're going to be wasted. Well, I think it's I think it'd be fun to do like kind of base the one drinkers around the friends really reaching their peak characteristics. So mm. whenever Joey's dumb, I think we should take a drink. Whenever Phoebe does something a little bit kooky and a little bit weird, we should take a drink. And every time that Monica is anal about something. Uh, we should take a drink. All right. And so, yeah, we're building out so far. We're we're fleshing out our rules to the friends drinking game. We'll post these on our on our Twitter, and once we've finished fleshing out the the drinking game rules. But for now, I think that's a good one to add to it. 
Looking at the episode, but well, before we get into it, that was the pre-credits that we were talking about. The credits, we talked a little bit about the Rembrandts and the um, and the score, and we kind of talked about how it's a good catchy tune, gets you into it, but there are parts of the opening credits that you are not so fond about, Elizabeth. No, from season, no, from episode one, I've noticed a couple things that drive me bananas. And firstly, it's the umbrellas. The umbrellas, can you explain that a little bit? So... It starts. It's great. That that like sound. All of them open their umbrellas at once. All the Central Park gang. They're supposed to open at once, at least. Yes. Mm-hmm. But you know, someone's goes probably correctly, but then someone else is just behind, and everyone else just comes and goes, and it's all off. And it should just be. I don't know why they did that take. Why don't they just do it a million times until it was on point? But do you think that they shot that with the intention of like, right? Here's the opening credit music. You need to hit it on this note. Or do you think they just were like, we're going to fool around in Central Park. Here's some umbrellas. Let's all try and open them at the count of three. Like, maybe they didn't think that they were filming it to the musical marks. Well, the end goes along with the music. Well, perhaps as well. Yeah, and that, that's the other part that annoys you, right? Mm-hmm. At the end, right? Right at the end with that last... The When Monica pulls on the light cord right. thing. And... Her motion is correct, going yes. perfectly with the music, but the lights don't go out exactly with the music. And I think it should be pull light out to everything <laughs> at once with the music. Yeah. I imagine that would bother Monica as much as it bothers me. <laughs> That's true, actually. Yeah, you find a little bit of a kindred spirit with Monica mm-hmm. on that one. Uh, yeah, it's it's something I have to say. You know, I've seen every episode um at least twice, and it's something I never, ever picked up on. So kudos to you, picking up on something after four episodes that I, I didn't pick up on. Thank you. But I, that maybe speaks more to your personality and your... <laughs> My wonderful characteristics. <laughs> yes, of course. So that's the credits out of the way, and then we launch into the episode fully. And we kind of talked about, up until now, it's been sort of a, a three-pronged narrative where every, you know, three out of the friends seem to get a storyline, and then the rest are kind of there for window dressing. It was kind of divided into two parts this time. There was kind of a, a lad's night out and a girl's night in mm-hmm. for the episode. Um, it begins with with Ross, who's, who's a little bit down in the dumps. Yes, he is. Not like him. What's what's wrong, Ross? What's and and inevitably, it's about his lesbian ex wife. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit of an anniversary for him. He's a little bit upset. Um, because that day, I think it's October 20th or something like that, um, commemorates the the day that um, he he had intimate relations with his ex-wife, Carol, for the first time. That's right, yes. And it's something that, that he's he's quite upset about. Oh, yeah. He, he was walking around and everything he sees reminds him of her. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, oh, God, we ate food on that day and mm-hmm. the sky was blue on that day. You know, the most ridiculous comparisons. It was comparisons. the first frost of autumn, I think he first, said. Yeah, well. first frost of autumn, you know. Which I find, I mean, the whole plot is a bit funny. That he, first of all, that he even remembers the first time that it happened. That he remembers the day specifically. But that's not enough because it's not just him that, that remembers the day and is aware that it's that day. It's his loving sister, Monica. Yeah, what? Also, no, she's like, Ross is like, oh, is that the day today? And Monica's like, oh, I hope I was hoping you wouldn't remember, which means she she knows better than him Yikes. the day that her brother 
and then his former sister-in-law the first time they got down and down and dirty together they're too close <laughs> their relationship is very this confusing. is something that you've been worried about for the last few episodes i don't know about you but i don't talk to my brothers about my sexual escapades don't you no that's surprising I no that's surprising um no and yeah you've mentioned it before you know they're a little bit too touchy-feely sometimes mm. or sometimes a little bit when someone gets good news the other one's a little bit too happy for them but yeah, she was right there, um, hoping that she wouldn't rem- he wouldn't remember that significant date. But it's okay, because old Joey and Chandler, they're on hand to, to take his mind off it. They've got tickets to the, the New York Rangers ice hockey game that they're going to take him along to. He isn't. Hopefully, he just has a fun night and there, there's no problems. Of course. But that's... I'm assuming that's not how it went, huh? Well, we'll get to that because the other the other kind of catalyst and the the other like main component of the the second storyline of the episode is is Rachel, again, you know, making it big in the big city, uh, in her waitressing job, and uh, she gets her first paycheck, which she's really excited about until she looks at the money, mm. and she asks, "Who who's FICA and why is he taking all my money?" That's how I feel every day. <laughs> Every other week, oh, if you, you will. relate to her. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. I don't know what FICA is, but that's that's okay. But then she's upset about this, but she doesn't have too long to kind of wallow in it because she some old friends come to visit. Some some of her older friends from her life when she was going to marry a, a, an orthodontist, mm-hmm. they, they come and pay a visit. And um, at first it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of screaming, which Phoebe and Monica are quick to make fun of. They reminded me of the original Woo Girls Oh, okay. You know? From How I Met Your yeah, Mother. Yeah, How I Met Your Mother. You know how the, you, there's girls like that everywhere. You hear them. I hope you're not implying that friends stole tropes from How I Met Your Mother. No, just no, I think they're were... just mocking femininity sometimes. Mm. I mean, it's true. You know, when girls get a little excited about things, it's natural to just woo. Well, what's wrong with showing a little bit of enthusiasm for something? I've, I've personally thought that Phoebe and Monica were being a wee bit a wee bit catty when they were making fun of them. I thought it was uncalled for. There's nothing wrong with showing a little bit of enthusiasm for things. And it was things to be excited about. One of them was pregnant. One of them had got engaged. One of them had got a big promotion. I mean, these are... If you can't celebrate for that, Elizabeth... It was the same reaction to all of those things, though. You'd think that maybe one would be more important than the other, or they would hug it out and be like, congratulations, not just wooing it up. Well, you know what it's like when you get some girls together, Elizabeth. And, uh, you know, if, if one person gives a bit of news and it's not met by the same level of enthusiasm as all the other ones then mm. people start Animosity. gossiping and you know what it's like when you get women together you know you know full well moving along okay so anyway um rachel sits down with those girls the girls are like oh when are you gonna come home this is uh, this isn't where you belong come back to the uh, life of luxury where you're living on daddy's dime and and that kind of upsets her a little bit. Yeah. She's a, she's a wee bit down about that because she she doesn't know her place. She doesn't know where she belongs. She's got, still getting her feet wet. She's trying to figure out herself after a huge life change. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this kind of set her back a little. You know, she was already upset about the paycheck and then her friend's kind of saying, oh, you know, you're still the talk of the town. Mm. That's I mean, true. cut her some slack. She's She moved just like that. She's relying on her own... And uh, her friends a bit financially, but mm. I think she's doing all right. She's 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 striking out on her own. She's trying to make something of herself. Yeah. And hopefully it'll pay off down the line. But she's a wee bit down, just like Ross. And just like Ross, when, you know, at his darkest hour, he's got Joey and Chandler there to take him to the hockey. She goes home and Monica and Phoebe, they're having a wee bit of a slumber party. Phoebe's staying over with Monica because... Um, 
Phoebe's grandmother is is has got a new boyfriend, and they're both being a little bit too noisy in the boudoir. So she she wants to get a break from that. So she's staying with Monica. They're making some rum cocktails, smoothie things, and they're they're having a bit of fun. And it turns into a bit of a girls' night in. You know, I wasn't aware that Phoebe lived with her grandmother. Was that ever known? I don't think it's that? been established. You, you'll hear more about um, Phoebe's grandmother mm. as as time goes on. In fact, I do believe you get to meet her later on as well. Uh, it just seems like a line dropper at the beginning there. Yeah, I suppose so. No, I don't think they've established. Um, I don't think we've mentioned her before. So the first mention of uh, Phoebe's grandmother. Yeah, well, well spotted. Um, they so they go into having a bit of a sleepover, but a little bit unrealistic. I thought they didn't really get into any kind of. PJs and there was no pillow fights or anything like that. I oh, mean, Phoebe was already in her onesie. Okay, but you good know, for her. It wasn't that kind of sexy times throwing pillows around. You know, that like can't be what do. men think happens. <laughs> we stuff our faces with pizza and watch movies and pretty much just talk about how much we hate people. Mm-hmm. It's a groundbreaking show, friends. For the first time, I actually dared to reveal what actually goes on at a, a girl's slumber party. Not a single pillow was thrown in anger for the whole night. Yeah, and there was no extraordinarily amount, like, ridiculous amount of cleavage. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just sitting around talking about boys and whatever. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. Yeah, so basically the girls try and cheer her up, but um, Rachel has a bit of a crisis. Um, she's having a bit of a crisis of confidence. Uh, she doesn't really know where she belongs. She makes some sort of lazy, bizarre um, analogy about magic beans and not having magic beans. What if you just have normal beans and your life is just going to be rubbish and you've got nothing nothing going for you? And yeah, rather than rather than Joey and Chandler kind of trying to build Ross back up, she, she kind of drags Monica and Phoebe down. They all become a bit glum and worrying about where their direction is going, which... I can see the little glint in your eye. It led to your favorite your favorite line of the entire show. It did. I thought this scene was the most relatable thing I've seen on television. Ever? Honestly. Whoa. I feel like a lot of women could back me up on this. You're sitting around. Monica's eating cookie dough or whatever. They're, they're just lazing about, drinking daiquiris, and they're talking about where their life is going. And it's it was just so relatable for me as a woman who is trying to figure out everything and Mm -hmm. especially you know and they're supposed to be younger than me or maybe they're supposed to be my age i don't know but you know trying to figure out if you have a life plan and what what everything is about and when rachel asks phoebe if she has a plan or maybe it's monica i don't know yeah i think it's monica okay when monica asks phoebe if she has a plan and her response being i don't even have a pla that really tickled you was the most relatable and hilarious line ever it's so true you don't even have a plot. Oh, boy. I well, loved it. Uh, Phoebe doesn't strike me as someone that really needs a, a, a plot. Phoebe just seems to be, you know, a, a daffodil floating on the river of life. She no, but care. everybody wants to know a bit where their life is headed. They want to know a little bit of a direction, I feel like. And if you don't have anything then it's kind of scary. Mm. Well, enough of that touchy-feely crap. Over at the hockey game, where the men <laughs> are presumably drinking beer and watching sweaty Canadians battle it out on the ice. Yeah. Yeah. Joey and Chandler, they're, 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 kind, of, they're kind of trying to bring Ross around, and I think he's kind of getting into it for a bit. He's, yeah. he's quite excited about it. He's like, yeah, this isn't so bad. He you was know? cheering them on. He was yeah. enjoying it. He was getting on until, until, oh, 
An errant shot by one of the players flies into the crowd and scalps him right in his nose. Poor Ross. Mm. And, you know, Joey and Chandler, they're not too concerned immediately. They want to get on the Jumbotron, first of all, and that's their first concern. But then they rush him off to the ER room where they're confronted by a, a surly nurse. Very uh, who, surly. Yep, who's, like, I, I think, you know, she's a little bit older. She's perhaps a little bit overweight, but not not... Not ridiculously so, but I think you what know. Does that to have get, to do with well, anything? to put a real button on. Did you not notice to put a real button on it? She doesn't do her job at the beginning. She ignores him because she's on the line to like a complaint line about a candy bar that mm-hmm. she's eating. So it's just like I don't know, just the most lazy type of. Oh, we don't like this person. She's on the <laughs> and she loves food. I don't know. I just thought it was unusually lazy and unnecessary comedy. I didn't I even know. notice that. You didn't, uh, I don't well. look at people's weight. Well. <laughs> Believe it or not, it is something that is used. Whether you notice it or not, it is something that is used as a comedy trope in I sitcoms know. in the nineties. But yeah, I thought that was a wee bit out of order. But you know, it's the nineties; you can get away with that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. When they get to the hospital, they kind of sit and wait for a while. Um, they they talk things out, I guess. Um, yeah, they talk things out. What, I mean, well, Ross kind of oh, that's right—the big, big reveal of yeah. why he's so upset. You want to take us through that? Well, you know, they're talking and they're just not understanding. Chandler and Joey aren't understanding why Ross is so upset about the first time him and his ex-wife had sex. And he reluctantly tells them that it was the first time he's ever had sex. And that Carol's the only woman he's ever slept with. Mm -hmm. To Chandler and Joey's disbelief. I mean, Mm -hmm. they couldn't stop talking about it. Yeah. I don't think from a timeline we do. Do we know how long they were together? Do you know what age they? Oh maybe, boy. I think I don't know. Later on, it's kind of revealed that he meets her in college. So presumably, maybe five years or six years conservatively, he's known her. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, well, I think that's fair enough. Yeah, and apart from yeah, so that's the kind of big revelation from their end. And I think is there any kind of conclusion to that? It's just kind of like oh, they wrestle over the hockey puck. It accidentally hits the surly the surly nurse and then Ross is like oh yeah I guess tonight hasn't been so bad after he's accidentally assaulted this woman and presumably knocked her unconscious yeah it doesn't really they don't really finish that off very well no not really I mean all that all that sequence is is you know those guys trying to fully push home the white privilege by jumping the queue in the ER and just you know just white men wanting their way. Oh, my injury is way worse than everybody else's injury. I should be seen by now. It's really appalling, actually. It's quite appalling behavior from the three of them. And it's traded for laughs. You're looking mm. at me as if you can't tell if I'm kidding or not. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of kidding. Don't worry about okay, it. Okay, okay. Yes, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, that kind of puts a nice little bow on Ross's thing. You know, Joey and Chandler have lost a great deal of respect for him. Uh, a nurse has been concussed. Oh, you think they lost respect for him? <laughs> yeah, they, they said they lost respect for him. Oh, I thought like, they did, just were very shocked. Chandler called him react. a freak. Oh, God. We're so, good friends. Yeah, friends like these, eh? Back at the apartment, uh, the girls are getting... They're in a, a downward spiral when they, they get the wrong pizza, and the pizza boy reveals that the other pizza belongs to uh, a George Stephanopoulos, who is across the street, I guess, in a hotel. I don't know. Presumably not bunking with ugly naked guy, even though they, <laughs> they seem to be 
they basically get the binoculars out and start perving on old George Stephanopoulos. Well, it seems like Monica is it? No, is it Rachel's the only one that knows who that is? No, uh, is Monica, Monica and Phoebe seem to know who it is. Rachel, once they explain who he is, there are, oh, Rachel's okay. like, oh yeah, he's cute, he's cute, I get. Um, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, a little bit dated of a reference, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, they take the time to ex- at least explain who it is. Um, I didn't know who he was. You didn't know who he was. Um, but basically, they spend the rest of the night kind of with the binoculars out on the balcony, kind of trying to catch a glimpse of him in his towel. Mm-hmm. And that kind of seems to perk them all up. Uh, do you want to see what George Stephanopoulos looks like? Do you want to see if he... This is him from 1994, so you can see if he really deserves the um, the amorous advances of these three sex-crazed New York women. <laughs> Show me. Oh, yikes. hair! <laughs> he looks like an ugly John Stamos. Well, with that haircut, he could fit in in Friends. Oh, woof. No? Doesn't no. do anything for you? No. I mean, I can see why they'd find him attractive. You see, that's but... him a little bit later on, and that, that almost looks a bit better. Oh, boy. No. no. It's it's a strange one. Uh-huh. You know, they could have maybe gone with your, you know, this is during ER, they could have done gone with a, George, a young George Clooney, or, mm-hmm. or, I don't know. It's a strange one, but anyway... Yeah, anyway, the girls seem to feel a lot better from that, getting to, to catch an eye on him. My only other point that I kind of took from this is when they're out on the balcony enjoying drinks, Rachel, her, she drops her pillow and it goes over the edge, but she's kind of leaning back quite far over that edge, and as someone that's had his, you know, I've had my my own sort of drunken fall from a from a balcony state, I brought back some bad memories. I wasn't, oh, did it? wasn't a fan of that. I think, Rachel, you should be a little bit more responsible when you're there. I wonder if... It was an accident, and they wrote it in. Well, the pillow falling? Yeah. No. No? Because it looked so ridiculous. It looked like, ooh, crap, that wasn't supposed to happen. No, and she was just that, like, eh, I don't care, because I'm drunk. Yeah, but I thought she was just playing it off. She just keep going. I don't you know, think so. character. I don't know. I don't think so, honey. And then with that random... <laughs> the, the end there... With the doorbell ringing. <laughs> well, I like that. That's a fun little button. Like, later on, like, the doorbell, like, they're all just sitting about playing Twister, and there's a knock on the door. I think Chandler answers it, and there's just a guy. He hands him a pillow, doesn't say a word, and then walks off. I thought that was pretty good, actually. I How thought that was a fun know? little follow Yeah, it's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. And Chandler's like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> like, the, the neighbor almost handed over, like, ugh, it happens all the time. Like, mm-hmm. maybe it fell down into, like, the balcony below, and the yeah, neighbor's like, ugh, probably. this again. <laughs> But yeah, I, no, I, I like that. I thought that was quite good fun. Well, I thought maybe they had written it in after they noticed that the pillow fell and shot that scene. I thought that would have been really clever if it was an accident, but I guess there's no way for us to know. No. You don't I, think it was anyways? I don't think so. No. I don't think right. anything happens on these shows accidentally. I mm. think everything is uh, very, very, um, like it has a lot of military precision. It's all all very, very rigorous, I would say. Okay. So anyway, yeah, that kind of brings us to the... The conclusion of the episode, I think it's during the the credits, they're all kind of sitting about, playing Twister, having a good time, and uh, Rachel gets a call from the credit card company, and they they want to check to make sure that she's okay, because she hasn't been spending any money on her credit cards, and she kind of, she pauses very thoughtfully on that question, and she kind of looks at all of her friends, and she's like, yeah, I'm okay, I've got some magic beans, um, which I'm sure the, the person on the end of the phone would have just been like, okay, this person has lost it, but... <laughs> Yeah. But a quite nice sentiment looking over. She's like, well, I'm making no money and I'm a waitress, but you know, I'm with this crazy cast of characters and something tells me everything's going to be all right. Mm. And you know what? Maybe everything will be all right for, for the Central Park gang. Wouldn't you say, Elizabeth? Oh, I imagine so. If we have nine seasons to go. <laughs> well, we've still got 
basically 10. We're oh, four boy. episodes in. Still got 232 episodes to go, so a little bit to go. Uh, it was interesting hearing from you that, you know, you found that very relatable. I found this to be kind of a, a bit of a nothing episode. I really didn't take very much from it. I thought the guy's storyline was very flat with no real conclusion. I didn't really... Perhaps I'm not a girl and I was disappointed by the lack of pillow fighting. But um, <laughs> their their storyline didn't really do anything for me either. But you enjoyed it? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed the girls much more than the guys. The guys was just... that. There's no way that hockey puck would have puck would have gone up 14 <laughs> floors and hit them you don't know where they were sitting, sitting. Uh, based on the way they were showing the clearly like tv episode of that mm-hmm. hockey game just like archive footage yeah of the new york rangers i thought it was very unrealistic and i didn't appreciate it but you know what you can't appreciate it was just guys sitting around being guys and that's something elizabeth that you're never gonna understand <laughs> Sometimes guys just need a break from the girls, and I think that's when they really came out of their shell. Yeah. And you could see, you know, Ross felt comfortable enough to share this intimate secret with them that only he, Carol, and his sister knew about until now. On that note, All right. you well, need to drink another beer. Yeah, so it was a bit a bit of a throwaway episode, probably our first throwaway episode so far, but maybe it's laid down the, um, the groundwork. We know who the characters are now. We kind of know mm-hmm. everyone's characteristics. We know what we're getting from them. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the next one, our next episode, see, uh, episode five of season one. It's the one with the East German laundry detergent. Ooh, that sounds intriguing. That does sound intriguing. What's going to happen in that one? Well, we're just going to have to wait and find out. All right, Elizabeth, as always, between now and, um, you know, if you you ever need anything, just know I'll, I'll be there for you. Thanks, Michael. All right.